yourself. Just gonna turn myself and fuck up the levels. <laughs> it was all set up nicely. And then I went, ah, fuck it, sure. I'll just change everything now that we're recording. Talking about levels as if we're actually doing something serious here, Ryan. Yeah, well, I mean, I did, I, I did a course uh, in sound, sound engineering, would you believe? You wouldn't believe that now from the sound quality from the first episode, but well, we won't talk about that anymore. You, uh, you make me sound <laughs> not like a walrus, so credit where credit's due, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have to use words like levels and reverb uh, and pretend I know what they mean. But, you know, this is it, Paddy. It's nice to be recording again so soon. So soon after the, the last <laughs> one. Because it takes us like two months to to do an episode normally. Well, we're pretty atrocious with our regularity. Yeah, yeah. But if people wanted regularity, they'd follow a a, uh, a podcast about Swiss accountants, you know, not climbing. Swiss accountants podcast. I heard it's like <laughs> trending top, top ten. Yeah. Post a very regular schedule. Yeah. Once every one and one third weeks. And but every you know second, it, fifth week. You know why people listen to it. It's, you know when you're asleep at, or trying to sleep at night. Yeah, like, oh, I'll try on that Swiss accountants podcast. I used to, get to some listen. Zeds. Yeah. I used to listen to that. Now I just listen to Dan from last week's podcast. Yeah. So, Patrick, just lay your head down. <laughs> I'd say he's going to really regret sending that in because <laughs> it's going to be like a common thing we go on for. Did we actually get any more voice? Uh, we didn't voice get any message. more voice. We got some more suggestions though for suggestions. what stuff we could talk about this, oh, and we could okay. talk about that now. Or we come back to it. We, we, I think we we can come back to that. Now yeah, that's probably a good idea. We'll run out of stuff ourselves, and then. Uh, Scrape the bottom of the barrel. Yes, I'm calling you people the bottom of the barrel. Brendan, this can't be a recurring <laughs> segment where you insult everyone who listens. All four of them. <laughs> I'm insulting your fans. Oh, fair enough. I don't even follow your page. Jesus Christ. Do you know what I started doing, actually? Because Instagram kind of stresses me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with who you follow. Um, it can be great for, you know, if you've got a hobby and you follow people that you like and you see things, you know, especially with climbing. But it can be super annoying when there is you're following all the professional climbers and they're all talking the same shit. So they've got four paragraphs underneath the picture of them bouldering. And it's four (laughs) paragraphs of how they how they feel on that day. I'm like, yeah, super feelings are good, man. You you send it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I I follow you for climbing. I don't follow. It was the same. We talked about it ages ago in the Andy Kirkpatrick thing. I love Andy and uh, for being a mountaineer and he's brilliant. But I don't care about what he thinks about other things. And that's why I stopped following him. And that's that's great. That's why I stopped following all the professional climbers, because they're all talking about nonsense, man. It's not. not, Well, maybe it is nonsense, but it's just stuff that's not climbing. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. Now, I'm I'm not saying people shouldn't feel things or talk about their feelings or whatever. But me, I'm not a person you should be sending that out to, you know. (laughs) I've no qualification in uh, in therapy or... Are you telling me that a a mountaineer, a world-class mountaineer from Hull's opinion on the deep state isn't something you're interested in, Brennan? Because, (laughs) wow, I'm mind blown. This is worse than Pebble Pride revelation here. I know, man. I know. I don't know. How did did I end up on that rant? Yeah. It's 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 odd. I think if you if you're on Instagram and you find yourself two and a half paragraphs deep, erase that shit. Erase all of your words. <laughs> Just forget it, because it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what you're writing. What you're writing is horseshit. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. Man. I feel strong. Start right light, this. would you? No, oh I know. God. I went in too deep, man. I went in too deep. No, no, no. But it's true. I mean. The biggest one I don't like is is when people try post those kind of long 
feeling based paragraphs and then try to sell you something at the end yeah the, like, the, oh I did this and then it was an experience and then also buy Red Bull oh no not the cool sales, don't do that the salesmanship like what I've seen we did talk about it ages ago about like um, who's it John Backer selling razors and all that kind yeah. of stuff it's, it, 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 it's all kind of a bit odd Ron, Ron uh, Cox selling the Ford Bronco yeah yeah, Jeep yeah. Or truck or something speaking of cars so there's a professional climber selling Volvos, oh and God. there's a professional climber selling um, Toyotas, and there's another one selling uh, Range Rovers now. Hmm. What the fuck? What's going on in the world? What? I don't think they're understanding their market though. That's weird. <laughs> I, it is. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I I don't know. I have a special place in my sights. I was gonna say in my heart, but in my sights mm-hmm. for people selling Red Bull climbers and that. I really don't like Red Bull. I don't know if I told you before that issue I had with Red Bull before. No, no, go on. Go I, on. Uh, I, well, I wouldn't say hospitalized, but I was to go to a doctor because he meant about a bull I was drinking. Um, Fucking I hell. Having to... You went to the doctor? Yeah, I know, right? In Ireland. Woo. No, but, <laughs> um, but, but what happened was uh, during my, I was in college and final year in college, I was drinking about 12 to 13 cases of, or sorry, cans of Red Bull a day. Uh, 12 was, cans of Red yeah, Bull a day yeah it was it was ludicrous I was buying them from the cash and carry bulk um, and I remember there was one day I went into the you know the on campus shop in yeah. college to buy you know one before the lecture started and they were out they were out of Red Bull they were out of the knockoff Red Bull they'd no energy based <laughs> you went drink. as low as looking oh, for I was, knockoff I wasn't drinking just Red Bull I was also drinking Blue Bear oh, and that's not even a, that's not even a joke name that's the genuine name of the knockoff Red Bull in Ireland Blue Jesus. Bear it sounds like some good ecstasy pills, rather. Than <laughs> hey man, you got uh, any any, got any blueberries? Any, any bags of blueberry? <laughs> but um, but uh, they didn't they didn't have it. They were totally out of energy drinks. It was just, you know I don't know the week of exams or something. I don't know students were cramming, and I remember having this almost. I wouldn't say it was an attack, but I remember thinking, oh god, okay, well the lecture I was studying for doesn't matter. It's all about just getting Red Bull now. Um, I didn't care, so I just skipped my first lecture and started driving around to all the shops nearby to find Red Bull. Found somewhere selling Red Bull, and as soon as I had the Red Bull in my hand cracked it open and just that smell hit my nose and I felt oh I'm so relaxed I was Whoa. back to yeah that's great um, but before I was even drinking before it was in my system I was just relaxed again and that's when I realised it's a full on addiction and and so what what did the what did the doctor say to you so I was feeling really unwell couldn't really keep food down was kind of a bit I don't know not, not wasn't able to sleep properly at all um, and I was like falling asleep in the middle of the day to the point where I'd had to have a Red Bull on the way into college or I wouldn't be able to stay awake oh man and um, I got in, the doctor was asking me, like, you know, what's your diet like? What are you doing? And I was basically sweating Red Bull at this point. That's how yeah. bad it was. And then I, I remember I'd really, really done something bad because the doctor swore at me. He called me a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's when you're, I realized. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, but he said something along those lines. Maybe he didn't say the exact words, but he, he swore at me. And I was going, if a doctor is swearing at you, yeah. telling you you're doing something wrong, you've definitely done Like, Because, you know, it's like... It's like the expiry on milk, you know. It's probably plus twenty percent. You know, you could push it a day if you want to yeah. make a cup of tea, but when the when the doctor says you're a fucking idiot, stop doing this now. You have to, or you're gonna end up in a hospital. Uh, that's when I knew I'd done something really wrong. So, so that's why that's why I hate people selling Red Bull. So so <laughs> so after a kind of Red Bull, you don't feel like you know sending some roots or uh, no. you know riding a sick <laughs> wave or no or, or doing some stunts on your on your bicycle like they have you believe in the I in the Red feel, Bull fucking I feel like a propaganda. Feel like a forty-year-old Swiss accountant who's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> what have you got against Swiss accountants, man? I don't know, Leave man. them alone. Their They're podcasts are just job. their They're podcasts are just job. much better than ours. They are hiding people's money very well. <laughs> Dictators, drug dealers—they're hiding it all really well. They're doing a good job. Oh They're doing the Lord's God. work. 
Bren, we got we got to talk about climbing stuff quick. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's horrible, man. I'm sorry that you went oh, through no, that. It was, was trouble. Ah, oh, well, I mean, I mean, no, hang on. It was clearly my own fault. You know, yeah. fully grown adults, obviously, yeah. drinking that much caffeine. Yeah, actually, know. yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to change my stance. Now, yeah, you fucking idiot. It's about drinking about twelve or thirteen cups a day, cups of coffee a day. You Jeez. know, that's crazy. Yeah. I've crazy always stuff. had it. Yeah, I have always had a, a special place of, of a special amount of disgust for people who sell. What, what essentially is modern day nicotine, man? You know, oh, these, when you say it like that, it sounds very real. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's like it's ruining people, like physically yeah. ruining them. And yeah. you can always turn around and say, "Yeah, people have a choice," and, and we do all have a choice. But I think there is a definite addictive nature to stuff yeah. like that. And it, when it's being marketed so heavily by by people who are, you know, hmm. so influential, um, it is. Yeah, it's dangerous. I think it's a problem, you know. And it's not just like Red Bull, but it's. A lot yeah. of other things as well, you know, like all this CBD nonsense that's knocking around. Yeah. CBD mightn't be harmful. We haven't, you know. Does it do anything though? Exactly. That's the thing. Does it make money? Yeah. There's a lot of people who are actually saying like, it, I, I don't think it does anything negative. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But from, from what I've read, <laughs> my extensive internet research, Patrick, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it, it's been proven to do all of the things that a lot of people are saying it does. Mm. There's a lot of climbers and influential people on Instagram and all these places that are saying, you know, it cures anxiety and can prevent cancers and all this shit. Yeah, none of that's, that's proven. You know what I mean? Absolutely yeah. none of it. So until it is, you have to shut the fuck up and say, yeah, <laughs> take, take this if you want to. But I mean, you may as you may be pissing in the wind, essentially. You know, it's not it's not actually yeah. proven to do anything. But I feel like it does something for me. You could say something like yeah. that. But you know, see, that's that's why I think I don't get any people sponsoring just Bummer Gear. Yeah. Because every time someone sends me a piece of gear, I do something along those lines of saying, well, it works for me, but it might be shit. So it's up to you to find out. Yeah. And sponsors that's and companies don't really thing. like that. Yeah, it's a responsible <laughs> so, thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Actually, here's a question for you. If Red Bull were to offer us like 20 grand to sponsor this, would you take it? No. Good man. I want to. Now, that sounds like a load of rubbish. Uh, but, and I won't name the company, but a sporting clothing brand you have heard of did approach me a while ago and I told them to stick it up their ass. Whoa! I messaged them saying, "Is your gear still made in Bangladesh?" And they didn't message me back. And I'm very proud of that. <laughs> but yeah, I won't say who it is because I know someone who is sponsored by them. But a clothing brand, a sporting clothing brand, you have heard of, messaged me, um, and asked me would I do something with them. I just didn't wasn't interested. All right. Um, where do we go from there? Jesus, Paddy. Do you know where we'll go from there? I might actually just get you. I know this is going to disturb the show. Will you just sit a little closer to your mic or move the mic a little yeah, closer to you? Well, indeed. I think you might sound a little far away there. Is that um? Is that better, Brendan? Is that more sexy? Is that what you're looking for? I'm salivating. Oh, Jesus. There's only two of us in a big abandoned building, and I've just told Paddy I'm salivating. <laughs> and this, to move closer. This is as real <laughs> as it gets. Um, just just um, for for everyone that's listening, we are six foot apart. That's the end of that sentence. Okay. Um, yeah, what else were we going to talk? So, yeah, like, the sponsorship thing has always been a bit strange, hasn't mm. it, you know? And, um, it is weird. Especially now that, obviously, big, big, big companies are using climbers to 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 sell their wares and giving them big money as well. What does that mean, then, for people getting to the top of this, their sport? And what I mean by that is, are people going to start cheating to get bigger money? So are people going to try and get to the top by any means necessary if there's millions on the line? And it has happened in every other sport that's become yeah. famous. People will take the edge, not just to win, 
but to to like obviously if you're an outdoor climber with a sponsorship you're not necessarily winning you know what i mean anything but, in particular but if you get to the top you could be in for those lucrative <laughs> red bull and uh fucking range rover adverts, yeah. you know what i mean but i think that's interesting because for some reason i think it wouldn't be as big a deal if the majority of climbing was focused on outdoor climbs because sometimes not getting to the top of a route can be more interesting or as interesting as climbing a route mm. you know i think a, like a good really well-known example of that would be the film maru where great, those yeah. three world-class climbers tried to cl- climb the shark's fin um you know in that country that it's in and they <laughs> <laughs> and they don't do it the first time and then they come back and do it again and that's so much more interesting because they didn't get it the first time i kind of put in context yeah. how much more serious it was um so do you think do you think then like obviously it, it will happen eventually in the indoor in the indoor climbing game hmm. that people will start cheating if that's going to happen they should just let it happen now you know fuck it give everyone steroids sponsor it make it part of the competition you have to take steroids get everyone climbing way harder well steroids kills people you know? oh yeah so never mind sorry me. never mind do they though well yeah they fuck up your like you shouldn't be taking them at all like they they, oh, they, they, they mess do that, they do the thing where you stop producing the hormones they yeah so, oh, okay. make it yeah, super yeah, yeah. like there's millions of side effects like not only just your your physical health but your mental health as well suffers massively from taking steroids Oh Jesus! Keep it light, Brendan. Oh my God, what are we doing? It's great, crack. Well, keep I'm on, having a great time. Keep on kicking that mic stand, sir. Yeah, um, we're in an unconventional place actually, uh, recording this one, which is fun. We're in yeah. a, an empty climbing wall. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's very odd. Uh, so you might be able to hear some passing kind of traffic noises in that in the background, but uh, just the people dogging around yeah, the corner. Not, but you know, yeah, we're <laughs> we're not in our usual spot, no. you know. Um, I actually went climbing today outside, and I'll tell you a story. So. There was two routes in the local quarry I went and climbed today. And I thought I'd just do some nice easy solos. So the first I did was a climb called Tantalus. Um, it's a nice enough face climb. Pretty thin on some parts. But I mean all the holes are good. Um, so actually I wouldn't describe it as thin. But it's it's nice and exposed. Nice big face climb. And it's a HVS. I don't know what that is in Freedom Units. We've talked about this a lot. But it's 10A. Yeah, if even. If even. 5 9 it, yeah, five nine. It's only it's only a HVS because there's not much gear on it, and I mean at the top you might as well be soloing anyway because it's you know yeah five nine nice easy five nine, and then I was walking back out of the quarry and I ended up walking by another climb called Street Fighter, which is a grade below. So I guess it'd be five eight, and it's nice and short, super easy, lovely climb. I thought, oh, I'll just run up that real quick. I've done it loads of times, no big deal, and I was probably about one or two moves from the top out, and I didn't, my foot didn't slip off. But I remember thinking, I really don't feel secure here anymore all of a sudden. And I realized that the handhold I was holding wasn't nearly as good as I thought it was. And that the feet I was standing on were slightly damp. <laughs> and I just had this momentary, oh my God, I can't fall off this. It'll be really embarrassing if I get found at the bottom of this in a heap. And then ended up having to just beached whale over the top of this climb like an ungraceful drowning swan or something. I don't know, it was a horrible experience. And I remember thinking, this is the worst climbing experience I've ever had on this climb. It was an absolute classic climb. And it was terrible. I hated it. And then there was someone on the other side of the quarry shouting at me um, who recognized me. So if you're that person, um, never tell anyone about it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking, looking at me like I've got three heads, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you nearly slipped off that. But I know, you, yeah. It's a really, shit. really easy climb. Yeah. <laughs> No, you have to be careful when you're out there on your own. I know, yeah. Well, I had a very big bouldering pad at the bottom. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't think the listeners know how big you are. So yeah, I'm very big. Yeah, so you chunky need, boy. You need a very very big <laughs> bouldering pad. It's a triple. It's a triple stack. So. Oh, nice. Um, so I just put one of them, and then that that'd be fine. Ish. <laughs> how high is the climb? Ah, it's only about eight meters, nine meters. No, it's probably. How high is that wall over there? Yeah, no, seven or eight meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah it wouldn't be. It wouldn't yeah. be more than ten. Yeah. And it's only really hard for one tiny bit yeah, and it's only 5-8 hard anyway where's the hard bit Paddy tell, uh, tell everyone where the hard bit is no <laughs> I know there's this one bit where um, there's like a bit of a section in the middle where two cracks intersect where the rock gets a bit loose and that's all well it gets loose if you weigh as much as I do Brennan <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was actually thinking about because that's two classic climbs I did today and then someone sent me a question in, which was, what makes a classic climb a classic climb? So that's my question to you, Brenda. What makes a classic climb a classic climb? Yeah. There's a, there's a few things. Um, okay. In Ireland, there's maybe one extra thing. So. <laughs> I it, think I know what that extra thing is. No, no, no. No, you'd be surprised. Um, I think in Ireland... The added, the added um, thing that will make it a classic climb is one. It's a climb that dries quickest. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Did you? How many months of the year is it dry? Yeah. So the, the ones you were on today, they dry first in the yeah, quarry generally. Very dry. Yeah. Um, and there's some that you have to have like a month of dry weather for them to. Oh, be, even more. He was dry. Like they, there are some great ones that that are kind of permanently wet, but they're not. They're not classics because no. of that. You know. Because I mean? of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so in, in terms of trad leading, like then it would have to be something that's like solid all the way up, um, good gear, but not like, yeah, good, just good non fiddly kind of gear. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't doesn't have to be necessarily close to get like it doesn't have to be like let you lace it up with gear type. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I mean. I just mean that whatever gears in it is bomber. Yeah. Um. Not like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's loads of gear in that route. Yeah, but how much of it is good? You yeah, know you're what I mean? fiddling a size six kind of thing. Yeah, there's a few people I know that recommend a route. Yeah, and then, <laughs> so, yeah, there's loads of gear in it. And then you have to ask them again, you know. Is, what gear is this? Yeah, is, this all? is it is any of it good? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. It's one thing just like blindly throwing loose, loose nuts into things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and... Yeah, just nice-ish moves, you know, like a couple of nice moves. It doesn't mm. have to be like stellar climbing all the way yeah. up. Um, yeah, that, that, that would be my kind of, that, that's what I'd look for yeah. in a route, you know. I think one thing that makes a classic climb a classic climb is that the grade is consistent throughout. And I don't think it's necessarily a massive requirement of it, but I think it's something I've noticed. If I think of a classic climb I do, it's not like there's one massively distinct crux that's way harder than everything else, or it's not like a one-move wonder or or there's some parts that are really easy and then you're working up to it. I think it's a climb where you're, it's a, not sustained in difficulty, but sustained in grade where it doesn't really change too much over it. Yeah, and that kind of lets yeah. the climb flow a little yeah. bit better. You're kind of consistently at the same level of, you know, difficulty or skill required. I think that helps the climb flow a lot better. It That's makes really you kind of get point, into it a yeah. lot more and it, you can kind of get your focus on. Whereas it's, you know, if there's one or two good moves here or there and then there's like a massive ledge to stand on and then one or two more good moves and then a really hard section, it's hard to kind of flow up the climb consistently and well. Mm. And you don't get that kind of feeling of accomplishment that you've really, you know, cruised up something there. Yeah, the so one, I think, I think the one really one consistent. don't feel as satisfying, yeah. do they, you know? No, no, even if they are good climbs, they can be really good climbs, but yeah. they don't feel as, it feels like the whole time you're thinking about that one move 
and then when you've done the one move you're kind of half asleep again you know whereas a, a consistent climb is you know oh, the move you're on is the move you're thinking about you're not thinking about the next move you're not worrying about how well you did the last move or <laughs> how crap your gear is and how how much shit you're going to get from your second you're kind of just in the moment and i think that's that's the kind of climb i like yeah what was the one that's on what the... i think makes a classic there was one fairhead has lots of that lots of the routes are fairhead in antrim in northern ireland um where they film game of thrones exactly and where they filmed me there's a video of me on epic tv <laughs> somewhere on the internet if you can find it matt graham send him him shoes you bastard um <laughs> yeah so fairhead like a lot of the routes are kind of consistent grade wise yeah. all the way up which is which is nice you know especially coming from ireland that you'd have yeah. like generally a lot of our stuff is smaller but here you've got like nice 80 to 100 meter cliffs where mm -hmm. you've got a you know sustained e2 or whatever all the way up which is lovely little mm -hmm. ledge perfectly in the middle always a perfect little ledge in the middle with with a nice rounded chuck stone in that uh <laughs> giant crack there somehow yeah. all you need is a couple of slings to build that belay that chuck yeah. stone definitely was there naturally you know yeah there was one i did with with blarton um <laughs> uh street to fire Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't done it, but I've heard of it. Lovely, and it's your, your, yeah. As you were exactly, that's what reminded me of it was what you were saying. You're just completely in it the whole time. Yeah, like you're absorbed by the move and the next move after that. Yeah. that's that's it. You know, you're kind of you're just going through the motions, and uh, it, was, yeah. it was really nice on edge, but not too on edge. Yeah. You know, um, until uh, the second pitch where there was three of us, and the seconder. So Martin went up first. The next person tried to kill me with a big, huge block. Whoa. He's English anyway, so I wouldn't expect any, any less, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another thing a, a classic has to have, or well, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, but in my experience, classics have where they can be, they can be hard. They could have a chance of falling, but generally you're pretty safe. So it's something you can try quite hard on as well, you know. Mm -hmm. I, a lot of the classics I can think of, 90% of the climb you can fall with no consequence really if your gear is what it should be to be doing that grade. I think a classic generally is something you wouldn't feel afraid of someone. Oh, give that a go. It's right at your grade. doesn't matter. Give it a go. You know, you'll have a great time either way. That's what I think makes a classic because you can come off a climb and still have a bad, and, and not get it and still have a good time and not have a bad experience if it's a classic because you just enjoy doing it anyway. Not necessarily finish the route or ticket, but still have a good time. And I think that's what can make a classic as well. Now that I'm the uh, bouldering correspondent, should I should I then explain what a classic boulder problem is then? Classic boulder problem? <laughs> oh Jesus, that sounds like a hassle. Pebble man. pride, man. You don't hate <laughs> hate the game, not the player. I think it's hate the player, not the game, Brendan. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the other way around. Anyway, Fair we enough. won't talk street lingo. I'm from the street. You're not. We all know this. <laughs> yeah, no classic climbs. It's good. No. Being able to try something that's you know maybe at your grade or a little bit yeah. harder, but that's that's super yeah. safe is is always nice, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'd be up there as a classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to push someone to do some mad hard sea cliff solo, no matter how good the moves are. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, go yeah. on, go do Power of the Hobo. There's an E7 deep water solo above rocks, you know. Yeah, it's or one of shallow yeah, rock solo. Like, yeah. Was it S S2 or S2? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I'm not exactly yeah. sure. I think was it. Ricky Bell or Colin Shannon, one of those. They they put up most of them anyway. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, there's probably some, very. There's some good videos uh, of the lads putting those up. Yeah, if you look up, um, the Power of the Hobo. Power of the Hobo. Yeah. In, in, I just love that name. Name of that yeah. climb. <laughs> Power of the Hobo. Yeah, in in Aladee in in County Clare in Ireland, there's uh, there's some pretty cool looking yeah. limestone uh, deep water solo and over the sea. 
uh, over the uh, the Atlantic Ocean, which isn't the friendly stuff. Yeah. You need a rope to do it just for the rescue. Isn't there? A, there's a good story knocking around. So we've mentioned it before, that, but that where that is um, on the west coast is part of the Wild Atlantic Way, and all the these tourists come over in their droves and, and drive up and down the Wild Atlantic Way, and for good reason. It's it's beautiful. It's it's a gorgeous place. Like the west of Ireland is fantastic. But uh, in that particular spot where we climb in Aladi, a lot of bus, um, a lot of buses, tourist buses pull up and they let all the tourists out and they take a few pictures. But one day, um, some tourists were stood at that kind of area where the, those deep water solos are, and uh, they were stood kind of close enough to the edge. And, and one of the lads, uh, a fellow who knows his way around, and this could be a complete myth. I don't know the full story, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Go for um, it. He was stood beside these two uh, American tourists and he was chatting away with them. And then all of a sudden he decided to just launch himself off the 30 meter, 30 meter high cliff what? into the sea in front of them just to freak them out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like a full 30 meters at it's least. Big. I think. It's yeah, big. It's huge and it's sheer and it's not super friendly and still it's underneath. wild below. Yeah. The water but is wild. Apparently this guy knew where to jump in, what the tides were like. <laughs> so he just did it for a Freaking. lap. There's another, vi- there's a video of a lad doing it um, in the nip. Um, there's a lot of videos of Irish climbers doing stuff in the nip. Yeah. D- if it, you know where to look, of course. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Mostly the, on the crags. <laughs> in, in, in the nip is naked for anyone who's not from Ireland. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. D- there's, a, there's a video of a chap jumping off the top of the cliffs in uh, in the nude. Um which is not, I wouldn't advise that, Mike. Imagine you're, you're all testicular sitting <laughs> in the sea. No, Christ. no thanks. <laughs> if ever I've gone into the Atlantic Ocean in any climbing related experience, call, call the Coast Guard, call the lifeguard, call the president to let him know I'm not having a good time. <laughs> Something's gone horrendously wrong. <laughs> have, you got, um, have you got some questions for us? Have people send in a few questions? Yeah, people have sent in a couple of good questions. Um, some of them are pretty good, some of them are pretty. Uh, Pretty, pretty interesting. Some of them are fucking awful. Just being honest with you. No, I'm only joking. Um, so I asked, uh, what do people want us to talk about as well? Just for topics. And one person just sent in just Yosemite. Just talk about Yosemite. Well, we've talked a lot about Yosemite. We've talked a lot about that. We'll skip that, will we? Yeah, so I was thinking there's other ones that are kind of interesting. Um, so one person wants to talk about what's the deal with permanent quick draws at a sport crog? Who puts them up? Are they common? What's the story with them? Well, in in um, in Ireland, we don't know because we don't. We don't have, have sport we, crags. Yeah, yeah. We, we've won. If there's if there's gear, if you if you find gear at the crag, congratulations, you just expanded your rack. Yeah. <laughs> crag swag for the win. <laughs> Unless of course it's my gear, then you've got to give it back. That's the etiquette. Yeah, especially um, if it's a big cam. Oh my god, give me them. I get so scared if I lose a big cam. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually heard of Blarton getting a cam stuck uh, on a trip once. Uh, it was a size six. He got a size six stuck on a trip and then went back to the campsite at the campsite he was saying and saw someone else was selling a six for $30. No way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was the same size six though. Fortunately, there, there's though. probably professional uh, professional uh, gear removers. Gear removers. Actually, no, I know professional gear removers. <laughs> Anytime anything gets stuck. So people on the Irish Climbers page will just like post and say, oh yeah, I've lost a bit of uh, gear it's stuck in a crack here in, in Docky and then everyone will tag this one person yeah. because, <laughs> because they know he goes up in the middle of the night and gets it free. It doesn't, it doesn't blaze in the middle of the day. He'll, yeah. he'll solo past you and That's true, rob yeah. your anchors. He will actually take your gear up from underneath you while he's soloing. You're not using this bit, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
need it for later. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Permatrust. So I'd imagine in in most countries they have a a, a department of the government and they have a, a special especially designated person <laughs> who uh, presides over all of that and uh, no I don't I don't know. Um people who people who kind of are involved in the kind of bolt fund or kind of depends on the area yeah yeah like a lot of time in the states it's all done through kind of access fund and stuff yeah. like that isn't it is that right yeah, yeah. Um, um but as well there's there's actually draws that have been specifically designed to be left out long term okay um i think they're called frost draws and the idea is i could be wrong about the name now i'm just kind of speculating about the name but the idea is that they can undergo getting hot and cold and frost and all sorts of weather and it's a swaged cable, swaged steel cable um, that's captive on one end. And it's got two steel carabiners on it as well, because obviously weight doesn't matter. They're staying on the whole time. Um, and they're designed to be obviously left out long term because you don't want to be leaving out nylon or... Of course, um, yeah. yeah. But I think it kind of depends on the person who's doing the route. So, I mean, I can imagine if I was at a sport crag and I was trying to get a particular route done and I was spending a lot of time on it, Rather than coming back the whole time, I'd probably just leave my drawers on it and then get them down when I'm done. But I mean, depending on the route, I could see people leaving them there for a season and then going, oh, I don't really want them back that badly. Yeah. And leaving them behind. Because I've seen that as well. I've seen people just leaving drawers behind. Um, a couple, on routes. Of, a couple of years' time, they're, they're manky. They're still there, yeah. Yeah, they're degraded. Yeah. You know, when you've, when you've put up a route that you would like it to be a classic and you want more people to do it, so you leave your drawers on it forever. But yeah, yeah. that's a good question. Um, as long as the, you know, sport, sport crag fairies don't steal them. Um, yeah that happened a couple of times in El Choro in Spain that I heard of uh, at one particular crag as well uh, there's a crag right beside the two climbing hostels there uh, a crag called Encantadas um, I pronounced that perfectly by the way just in case you were wondering <laughs> my favourite uh, Mexican dish yeah they, people had draws up on, on whatever their project was and the next day they were missing you know they, they were gone Oh, they were missing there on someone else's rack. This is it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, so someone's like, someone, this was two years apart as well. So mm. someone is making a bit of a bit of a business out of <laughs> borrowing people's draws long term. <laughs> Reselling them, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, having, having the permanent draws in probably makes a lot of sense for yeah. um, people not killing themselves hanging the draws and yeah. some routes like it's really hard to hang the draws yeah. as well I think so like at a certain grade that I will never climb and you know a lot of people won't ever climb I think the etiquette or the done thing I would say rather than etiquette is for draws to be put in before the attempt or on, on an attempt and then left there till it's actually done and then cleaned by your mm -hmm. camera crew I guess um, but uh, yeah it kind of depends on the route I guess I remember uh, I was once actually the trip I met you on climbing in Italy mm -hmm. I was there and I think it was, oh no, sorry, maybe it was a different trip. I can't remember, it doesn't matter. I was there with someone and we were coming down off a multi-pitch, a nice easy bolted multi-pitch. It was like a four, three or four point pitch one. And then we'd realised that on a pitch that we were beside us, someone had left a draw on um, on a bolt. So we swung over, grabbed it and looked at it and it was brand new, lovely. One of those, I think it was a Petzl Spirit draws, really nice, super light, really cool looking ones. And it was like brand new, like spotless. I remember got to the bottom, we were walking back to the where the vans were parked and there was a couple of climbers around. It's like, oh, do you guys leave any gear behind? It's like, no, no, we didn't. Okay, yeah. is there any like notice board where you could put up if we found any gear? Or, I don't know, any Facebook pages? Or where would I put up if I found some gear that someone's missing? And one guy just started laughing at me. <laughs> he goes, put it in your bag and shut up. It's yours now. <laughs> um, was this, uh, this wasn't on the multi-pitch in... 
in Italy where did you and you and Aiden have a have an absolute stinker? No. Oh come on! I know there's a story there, but I just can't remember what it is. Uh, if I knew what it was, I'd tell it. We'll we'll save that one for next week, mate. Okay, you don't, you don't have to tell it. That's fine. If I remember, I'm gonna I'm gonna add it to the end of the podcast when Paddy's not looking. Oh, no. If I remember, I'm gonna search because Keith was there. So it makes I'm gonna me ask like an Keith. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Keith. Okay. Yeah, we'll save. We'll save. We'll I know. I can tell that. I can tell that story if you want. Is it interesting? Uh, it's not. It's uh, you've built it up now, but it's interesting enough. This so. is gonna be the best story ever. Go. So, okay, me and Aiden were doing this, um, you know, trip or whatever, and we were off climbing, and we met some more experienced, better climbers, and they said, we're going to this big multi-pitch crag, and then me and Aiden said, yeah, so are we. We didn't really bring helmets with us, so we, we borrowed a helmet from someone when we were swapping helmets back and forth, and, um, you know, the air always had the helmet on. But then after, like, the second pitch, Aiden just forgot about it, so I just kept the helmet the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I remembered, but I just didn't say it. <laughs> but, um... We were going up and there was one pitch that Aiden said he wanted to do and it was, I don't know, it was like a 6B or something. It was, you know, I think it was the hardest pitch on the on the climb. And the route, the, 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 the topo or the route map just showed a straight line up this crack, up this arete with bolts every five or six meters. And uh, it looked really straightforward. No big deal, just hard enough climbing. And Aiden went up and he got about halfway up it and he just goes, Paddy, I can't find any bolts. I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. I can't see the anchor. I don't know what I don't know what this is. I'm coming down. And I was like, oh, God, for fuck's sake, come on, Aiden. Like, it's getting dark here. We're gonna miss our lift home. We gotta get up. And he's like, I'm telling you, there's there's no route up here. This isn't where we're supposed to go. And I kind of reluctantly lowered him down and un- unfairly was a bit annoyed at him. And I was like, fine, I'll I'll do it so. And then uh I got on lead and Got about halfway to where he did. I was like, yeah, I don't know where the hell I'm supposed to go. <laughs> lower me down. <laughs> and then we lowered down and did some easier route later on. But yeah. Were you, um, you, were, you were on the route next to us, weren't you? Yeah, I think I was left over. You weren't to, on yeah. the same one. Because on our no. route, what happened in the middle was, I actually asked, uh, because the guidebook was in Italian, I had to ask in Italian, you know, what, yeah. what does this mean? Is there anything weird in this route? Because I'd heard there was some weird goings on in some yeah. of these routes, as in pendulums. Yeah, and I that's... didn't, I didn't want to do one. Yeah, and I asked him, "Does this one have a pendulum?" No, definitely not. Definitely not. Obviously, six pitches in, who's doing a pendulum? You. Yeah, me exactly. <laughs> uh, it was class. I'm yeah. really happy I did it, but I, I didn't uh, want it at the time. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, yeah, so you you probably had a pendulum that's that you didn't see. Potentially, or, yeah. yeah. Potentially, yeah. We didn't really know what was going on. Um, just actually, it's a really short one. That's kind of like a most recent trip I had to America. I was there with a guy called Jeff. Um, and well, I was there over, and I met a guy called Jeff over there, and we were climbing a uh, route, and he was doing a pitch that was C two plus or C three, I can't remember, and he was aiding up it, and I remember saying to him jokingly, "Oh, try back clean as much as you can here, because if you back clean everything after the pendulum, I can just jug straight up the rope and we'll fly along." And I think on this 50, 60 meter C3 pitch, he left two pieces of gear behind. And after the pendulum, he ran out every single piece of gear. And then when I got up behind, I was like, geez, Jeff, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of joking about leaving any gear behind. I, I, you know, you can leave some gear behind. He's like, no, man, I wanted to save time. I didn't want to leave Anthony. I didn't even clip any of the bolts. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, Jeff, you absolute mad bastard. <laughs> but we did the pitch in something like, uh, we, we we let it, cleaned it and hauled it in something like 40 minutes or 50 minutes or something crazy. Yeah. Um, and the guy who had actually uh, led the pitch before us was the guy who put up the route. It was um, Steve Shapoopy Schneider. Uh, that's, his, that's his name. 
and uh, it took him an hour and a half <laughs> and he was bullying he was really annoyed but he's a cool dude so an hour and a half would kind of be the, the standard or, yeah. or mid, middle of the road yeah. length of yeah. time so well sorry in fairness well sorry I'll say an hour and a half he was in it with three people okay um, so one was hauling one was cleaning one was leading yeah. um, but uh, so let's say if you were doing it with two it would be like a half an hour for the leader yeah a half an hour for the second uh, you, you jug it quicker you jug it quicker than you, okay, than you yeah, second yeah, yeah. you jug it in 10 minutes I'd and say, then the hauling would take Half an hour again, I'd half say. An hour again. Yeah, depending so, on depending yeah. on how, so how quick you're system. So let's say an hour and twenty minutes. Would be yeah. a, for us, average length, yeah. average kind of difficulty. Yeah. Right, but obviously it depends on everything. But I mean, the pendulum would add a lot of time um, for the cleaning and the you know seconding yeah, and all that of stuff because it'd be really awkward. A little awkward. bit riskier as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but Jeff just fucking cruised it. <laughs> I don't know where. I just remember him getting up to the beer going, "Geez, Jeff, you're really." Flew on that one and he had this white ashen look on his face, <laughs> glazed over like he'd seen the face of God, <laughs> terrified and horrified that he'd done it. But he, he did it, it was really impressive. It was cool to watch, Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so we talked about Yosemite and Sport Crags and hauling, hauling that one question. I think I got good value out of that. That wasn't bad, yeah, yeah that was all right. Where, um, where, where else have the questions led us? Have we got any other interesting stuff? Oh, god, I hope now because you've asked me. Um, well, that's okay. Thing. You can make an open. Someone, someone just messaged saying hexes. I'm like, Fuck off. <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, come on. Be, Sorry, actually, I'll little, just say a little more, uh, more expansive on your. On I'll your just, I'll just say who that was by. Actually, that that question, that last question by Platypus Zombie, and um, that's a cool name. So I thought I'd read out that name. Um, and then who asked? Whoever asked the question about a uh, classic root classic or what makes a classic root classic was uh, that was Big Biscuit. Big B. Um, yeah. So um, here's actually a weird one, right? Uh, how to determine if you got the on-site or just got lucky by Shane Cornkell. I don't know. I mean, if you climb the route, you got the on-site if you on-sighted it. doesn't matter if you got lucky. I get lucky every time I on-site. Yeah, every time I on-site, I'm lucky. I am terrible at on-site. I'm really bad at the unknown. I'm really afraid and I'm not adventurous. I'm in the wrong sport, actually. This is why I've moved to Baldwin. This why I'm a Swiss accountant. This is why... <laughs> Their lives are more adventurous than mine. Comedy comes in threes. Uh, this is why I've moved to Baldwin, man. I'm shit at onsite. I'm really bad at it. Uh, when I onsite something, I have gotten lucky every single time. There's there's an answer to that question. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say that if you onsite it, look at nothing to do with it. You know, you onsite it. doesn't matter if you got lucky. But I see what he's saying because I've climbed with people who are really stylish even when they're onsite. Very controlled. Oh, sorry. Okay, now I'm kind of with you. Yeah, as in, did I read that route correctly in terms of what was needed to be done, or did I just pick what I'm good at and it happened to be that? Yeah, did I just power through, risk my own life by not having enough gear in, and just keep on screaming my way up this thing? Yeah, no, like, that's that's fair. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, ooh. Maybe that's what he means. I'm not sure. I mean, there's sometimes I've gone up and done routes, and I do a route, and I'd onside it, or I'd, you know, yeah, I'd onside it, or flash it, whatever, because I might have heard about it or known what's coming. And then I get to the top, build the anchor or whatever, get off the climb. And then later on, someone else would come back and want to lead it. And I'd let them lead it because I'd already done it. And then I'd fall three or four times seconding. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe maybe that's just luck of the on-site then. There is the on-site, like the, the, that sharp end adrenaline power hmm. where you, you become super focused and you have that extra 15%. You know, you're like yeah. pushing real hard to yeah. get. There's definitely, I know what you're saying, there's roots that I have seconded and taught. How mm. did I lead this? Yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. 
yeah no, and I like get flailed you. me way up terribly like and, and falling off on second falling upwards when yeah, you're leading falling, a foot, yeah. falling onto the second rope when you're yeah no i i, I think there is like an extra 10 percent. i wrote something about that a while ago because there was a video of was it a three paragraph instagram post about no. your fucking feelings <laughs> hashtag red bull <laughs> no it was a it was a part about leo holding doing a root cost savage horse somewhere in norway it was like some e760 and this was a long time ago i read and wrote this so i probably got every single thing in that wrong but basically there was some really 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 thin crimpy move um where you reach for the top out right above um or sorry a good bit of run out above like a nest of sky hooks behind a loose enough flake mm-hmm. and he said he'd done the route on top rope a couple of times and he said every single time he fluffed the final move trying to reach for the crimp he'd taken a fall and the only time he managed to not stick the crimp first time and not take a massive fall was on lead um and he just said that it felt like he had that extra 10% power that only comes when you're on lead yeah. and I definitely think that's a thing um, I, I, I don't know maybe it's like a subconscious that when you're top roping or on a fixed line you know you can fall so you don't really commit to it as much true yeah and it doesn't really matter as much because I mean if you fall off and you're working it it doesn't matter it's not like you've blown your on site it's already gone and no one's going to give you a, a pat in the back or a beer for getting a clean first one on top rope and then getting the lead so it's not like you're it's not like you're losing anything by falling off if you're on a top rope so there's no there's no incentive to try harder I guess yeah and I definitely think there's like 10% kind of you know ultra power overdrive power. yeah power and I get my other 90% from Red Bull <laughs> I knew you were going to say that you got that look in your eyes <laughs> yeah um, yeah so maybe there is sometimes luck involved in on siding but I'm going to pretend that there's never and I'm just amazing for, for me it's a lot of, a lot of luck but I do know what he's I, I think this is what he's saying yeah you know that some people are definitely like in control yeah Look some people are just better at keeping their head in, in the right game and then maybe they're just better at screaming on the inside I do my screaming on the outside why not both I, I make sure everyone can hear it <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's yeah it's very considerate of you Brendan ah. <laughs> that's just because you're a boulder maybe b is like you having a good time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Cheers, Shane. That was a good question. That was great, yeah. I thought it was going to be crap, but it was really good. Well, I, I spiced it up a bit, you know. Yeah, I that's true. And then I got to tell a story about Leo Holding, which is kind of cool. You have... Um, actually, how far are we in? Will we have a look at what time are we in? Oh, God, yeah. We're 42 minutes in. 42 minutes 42 in. 42 minutes Will in. Will we throw in... Um, you, we, we talked last week about the adventures of Blanton. So where you, where you can anonymously submit a story that is too embarrassing to say with your own yeah your, your own name yeah. attached so, so have you got um have you got one this week we, we did have a submission for the adventures of blarton this week and i will say it was actually a submission it wasn't just me telling a story about something i did once no I, <laughs> someone someone sent in a story so um the adventures of blarton so obviously this isn't actually blarton but it is gather around boys and girls yeah kind of like the the idea of florida man he's more of a concept than a, an actual person but so Blarton had been, in this story, had been taught to um, trad climb by one of his friends who was a, you know, uh, I was going to say prominent, what's the word? I guess experienced. They, they were a trad climber. They knew what they were doing. And Blarton had done all the right things. He'd, you know, gotten all the right gear. He'd gotten his helmet. He'd gotten mm-hmm. his nut key and he'd bought his first set of nuts and he'd got some slings and he was getting into the trad scene. He hadn't let anything yet, but he'd seconded a lot of stuff and he'd built a couple of anchors on the ground and he'd been watched build anchors and understood what he was doing and he, he, he went through he his, did the right path. through his apprenticeship yeah did the right path. yeah did the right thing yeah 
And then um, one day he kind of said, oh, actually, I'd like to give something a lead. And he went to go lead something he'd led before. I don't know what the route was or where it was. I just I was told it was a route he was familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and something he'd led, or he'd seconded numerous times, knew where the gear went, knew what the anchors were. And um, Blarton went along and he led the route safely. All his gear was good. Got to the top and the, the trot anchor that was there, or the anchor he was there, was expecting to be was there, was there. And he put the, uh, put the gear in, slung the block or whatever it was. And he then um, proceeded to build an anchor out of rope. So when you're building a trot anchor out of rope, what you do is you place your gear and the rope that's running off your harness that you've been tied into, you clip that through the gear and then run it back to your harness. And if the gear is out of reach, the convention would be to tie a clove hitch on your harness with an extra carabiner or a, you know a, a wide bow or HMS. And if the gear is in reach, you'd clove hitch directly onto the gear or directly onto a carabiner on the gear. So both these pieces of gear that he was clipping, which were bulletproof, were out of reach. So he um, tied directly to the carabiner and then put the person on belay and brought the second up, or who would have, who would have in the other scenario, been a leader who had taught him. Um, but the only issue was, there was one issue with his knot work, in that in the anchor he built, every knot that was supposed to be a clove hitch was actually a munter hitch. No way. <laughs> and his entire anchor was perfect apart from that. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Which, so essentially, he was probably slowly sliding <laughs> off the edge of the cliff. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know how he quite got it. Managed to get it equalized, or I mean, well, of course, it'd be perfectly equalized. The whole thing can move. That's but it really impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Very impressive skill to have. Yeah. Um, I mean, all he suppose he did was set up a massive pendulum between him and <laughs> him and the uh, him and the second. So if the second fell, he just gets slowly pulled backwards. <laughs> That's class. I mean, I don't even know what would happen in that scenario. I don't know what would. Uh, yeah, because I, still... I find that very funny because I can, uh, I, when I started out, I could always remember the clove hitching, not the Italian. Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered it the other way around. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Actually, sorry, just an aside. <laughs> this reminded me of another time I was climbing with uh, another climber. This was me and my friend who were climbing, and uh, I got to the top of the route, and he had his phone out. Um, he 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 led a route and I followed him up, and when I got to the top of the route, his phone was out and open, and there was a YouTube video on his phone playing about how to tie an Italian hitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even mad. I couldn't even stay mad. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that one. That's yeah. A good, uh, that was a good. Uh, that was a good Adventures of Blarton. Good Adventures of Blarton. There's a there's a nice doggy barking outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I was about to say who the person who submitted that one was, but we can't. No, don't. Uh, no, yeah. this is this is completely, completely confidential anonymous. and anonymous. So yeah. yeah, do feel comfort in the fact that you can send us your submissions without being called out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bl- Blarton is the name we'll use for someone uh, doing uh, doing something odd that doesn't want to be uh, revealed. <laughs> Tune in, tune in next week for the, the next actual, Adventures of Blarton. The actual Blarton is going to kill me. Absolutely. <laughs> he's never going to climb me. And he's the only person who climbs with me these days. But, but fucking, I'm a boulder now anyway. Yeah, so you don't need anyone to climb with. Just, just a, a Bluetooth speaker and a pad is all you need. This, man, that's what I've been doing recently. It's, it's uh, cathartic, you know. I just realised you're actually also wearing a beanie. You are a boulder now. It's freezing. Of course I'm wearing a fucking beanie. <laughs> Fair enough. It's so cold in here. Yeah, we're oh. not in our usual spot. That's why uh, the, the sound probably is a little bit um, odd in this one. And yeah. it's also freezing because it's uh, a big open climbing gym. Well, the yeah. climbing gym isn't open at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's open, o- open, open plan. Yeah, 
I'm not going to say the name of my boss yeah, because he probably doesn't want to be associated with anything that we said. People don't want to be associated with me in general. No, no, neither do I. That's why <laughs> I'm sitting friend. six foot away. But uh, uh, yeah, thanks to the boss for letting us do this. Yeah, because, that's pretty uh, cool. He's probably Cheers. not going to listen to this or anything like that, but fair play to him because cool. we, we'd have been stuck. Um, but it is, so all the, the, the gym is closed and he was, it's Saturday night. It's Saturday, isn't it? Um, he's, yeah. he, he was at home relaxing. I asked him if I could use the place to, to do a bit of recording. He said, yeah, no problem, man. You go ahead, fire away. I walked in, uh, tripped the alarm somehow. No idea. I know the code. I turned it off. Um, it, it only rang for a couple of minutes, turned it off. But obviously, he gets notifications on his phone. Within five minutes, he was bursting through the door, ready to tackle an intruder because he'd forgotten that I asked him could we use the place. So he was ready to throw some fucking smack down, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was only me. He thought someone was going to steal the moonboard. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that you speak of it, we could, uh, we could steal the moonboard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, fair play to him. Because uh, we would have been stuck. We kind of don't really have, uh, yeah. uh, we can't really uh, record in the places that we'd normally do it. So yeah. Um, well, we're building our professional studios. We speak Absolutely. on our Red Bull dollars. Absolutely. The 20 grand that you're going to pay us. <laughs> 20 grand? <laughs> yeah, 10 each. Man, if I got 20 grand, I'd just disappear. <laughs> That'd be it. <laughs> cool. Um, I think we're going to finish it up there. Um, I'm supposed to say thanks to Big Biscuit, Shane Cornkell, Elbow Tonos, um, Stop Matt Cano, and Platypus Zombie for sending in. Uh, Questions. They're pretty cool questions. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Peace.